you're able to compare and contrast, right? So within the same industry, we were able to talk to two people and you got to see the differences between the both companies. Two companies in the same exact industry, the culture is 100% different. Their approach was 100% different. And ultimately, we know which one won out, right? Because uh, here I am. Welcome to Frank Coach's Franchising 101 podcast series. Here we talk about all things franchising. What is it all about? Is it for you? How do you find the best one to own? And so much more. Now your host, Tim Parmeter. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast series. I am Tim Parmeter, founder and CEO of Fran Coach and your podcast host. Today, we are going to have another edition of, frankly, my favorite segment that we do, which is called In Their Words. And in this segment, we hear directly from Fran Coach clients who have become franchise owners. Uh, we're going to hear all about their journey, their backgrounds, what led them to consider franchise ownership. How they navigated the process with the Fran Coach team, what franchise they chose, how it's gone, and about, I don't know, a million other things. Um, and so today, our, our guest actually originally connected with us after listening to this uh, amazing podcast. I believe it's called Franchising 101. You might want to check it out. Um, and our guest was incredibly motivated to launch himself and his family into business ownership, um, was fully open to the process, and then actually... The result of this process was what is really an extremely rare occurrence. So we're going to tell you about that and our guest in a moment. But before we tell you that story, we, of course, have to tell you this one. Frame Coach is a national search firm dedicated to working with individuals who are interested in owning a franchise. We are partnered with well over 500 of the top franchisors in the country, spanning nearly 60 industries. Our goal is to help clients find the absolute best franchise for them to own. And the goal of the Franchising 101 podcast series is to help educate people on all aspects of franchise ownership. All right. So that's us. Uh, now let's get to the good stuff. And, and our guest today is Mr. Alejandro Restrepo. And Alejandro is the brand spanking new, already in business uh, owner of Puro Clean in Southern Connecticut. Alejandro, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tim. I may, I may have botched the official name of of Puro Clean. Is it is it officially Puro Clean Southern Connecticut? What's 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 the actual name? Yeah, so the actual name is uh, Puro Clean of Wilton Richfield. Wilton. So Richfield. we um yeah we have a lot of uh, coverage you know most of Fairfield County and Westchester County in New York. Nice. Okay. Well, very, very good. Um, how's, how's everything in the Northeast today? So the temperature starting to change. It's really dropped over the past couple of days. Um, so starting to get a little bit of that crisper fall air, air, which is good. Um, which, you know, if you're from the Northeast, it's one of the reasons we like living up here. It's the seasonality, right? Yeah. Cause we're, we're, we're officially October now and in my part of the world in Arizona, that means, you know, it, we might have to, I don't know, put a, put on a long sleeve shirt with our shorts as it gets, uh, as we get into the winter time. So it's a real, it's a real struggle, but we don't get the, 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 the color change that I'm sure you're, you're getting ready to have up there, which, which is uh, very cool. So we got a bunch of questions for you, man. Tell us to, I guess, start with, just give us a scoop. Who the heck is, is, is Alejandra? Give us a little info on your background. It kind of, kind of got you at this point. Yeah. So, um, I'm a native to Colombia. I was born in Colombia, uh, at a young age, came here at about four 
and just, you know, kind of lived normal life of a, of an immigrant child, um, two parents that actually was pretty ironic, uh, had a cleaning company. Um, and that's how I was raised. Um, and then, you know, did a lot of traveling back and forth through my youth between Colombia and here. I lived in California for a bit during high school and then ultimately settled back to where I kind of grew up, which is this part of Connecticut, um, Stanford. And, um, you know, had some background in banking, worked in Greenwich, Connecticut and wealth management for, you know, high net worth individuals, did that for several years, started a venture in a general contracting firm trying to um, like create investment pools in real estate, and then ultimately landed in the property casualty world, uh, working for one of the largest uh, insurance carriers in the in the U.S. And now here, right? And now here. Um, so what's what got you, uh, you, you talked about having parents, right, that were entrepreneurs. So what did that kind of feed into the desire to eventually have something of your own? What, what kind of led you down this path to even look at something for, for yourself? So, th- you know, that's such a loaded question, not, not in a bad way. Um, because, <laughs> that's how I roll. You know, as you're, t- as you're doing kind of the self-discovery, right, and you're making a big life decision like this, you really get to thinking about a lot of things like that. Um, and so I, I do think I've always had that spirit in me, um, you know, being the, the child of, like I said, two immigrants who basically off the boat from Colombia, um, who basically didn't speak a word of English. Um, I was the one that would go with them to the banks and help them kind of sort through deposits and opening bank accounts. So at a very young age, I was doing kind of business things for them, for their business, which, you know, a kid that age typically is not doing. So, um, that, that's instilled two things in me. I think a knowledge of kind of the, the business world, um, from a small business perspective, which, uh, I, I kind of discounted, right. I didn't think much of that. Um, but then ultimately service, right. Being able to help people, particularly, you know, immigrants that have, uh, you know, I don't want to say little advantages because I do think we're in the greatest country in the world. And that's how I came here. Right. Cause my parents saw better future here, but, um, ultimately being able to help people that need some type of assistance, which, like I said, ultimately really with this franchise opportunity really helped out because ultimately that's kind of what we, uh, we look to do at PuroClean. Exactly. Right. So, and, and basically it sounds like you were like a 10 year old business manager. Is that pretty accurate for your, for, for, for your, <laughs> I've never for, thought of, yeah, for, I've never thought of it that way, but yeah, but it was really funny though. Cause like I, I would go out with my parents. I would remember we would go out and they would, um, they would hand out business cards. This is back in the eighties. They would, we would drive through, you know, neighborhoods and they would put business cards in mailboxes and then ultimately wait for phone, the phone to ring. Um, and then I would be the one that would make the appointments. Uh, I would go out with them to help them estimate what the law, the, the, um, the cost for the work was going to be, um, if, you know, and it all depended, is it going to be a weekly cleaning, a biweekly, how much of the house is being cleaned? And so, so yeah, so like, I was learning about this stuff, but ultimately, like I, I didn't think much of it, right? Like that I was getting a li- lesson in, in business at that age. <laughs> well, hopefully they got your business cards back then. Did, did, did you have your own? Uh, no, <laughs> I oh, did man. not. I, uh, I've, I've got to go to a conference here in a couple of days and I had to, which is kind of a new thing after the last couple of years. And I had to dig into the, uh, the recesses of my office to find the box with business cards and pull out, pull out a big handful of them and 
my eight-year-old was like, didn't like, he didn't know what a business card was. And he was, uh, he was like, well, dad, where's my business card? <laughs> like, chill out, dude. You haven't done anything where you start contributing to the business. Then we'll, we'll hook you up with a business card. So he really was a little disappointed about that. So I, and I feel bad for you. You should have had business cards back then, but now you have them and they say the greatest title ever. It says owner. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I'm going to put you on the spot. Puro Clean is your franchise. Give us, uh, see how you're doing, man. Give us the elevator pitch on who's Puro Clean and what do you guys do? So we're a national, um, really remediation company, um, disaster restoration. We uh, we really focus on water, fire, mold, and biohazard. Um, it's it's a really interesting industry, um, but really what we look to do is help people in a time of need. Um, if you really think about it, your house is really kind of full of, you know, things that could ultimately lead, lead to some kind of property damage, whether that's a washer hose or a, a toilet line or something like that that might burst or something a little bit more tragic, maybe mundane, like a toaster starting a fire. So ultimately what ends up happening is we'll go out, uh, we'll help the people get back to, you know, their pre-loss condition, whether that includes, you know, removing of drywall, drying the structure, um, removing maybe mold, uh, cleaning up smoke, that type of thing. Um, so that's really what we focus on. But from the viewpoint of applying science, so with drying, a lot of um, physics, you know, applying the science of drying to make sure that we really are restoring and trying to pr- protect as much of the property and its and its nature rather than having to go through and rip out things that are not necessarily, you know, need to be ripped out. Um, so really applying that and from a you know point of view of like relentless customer service, that's really one of the values we have. Um, just being there for for basically for our clients um, through that time of need. Which goes back to when you talked about just your entrepreneurial upbringing and being able to help people. Right, this is totally what you're doing. You're helping people in a time of need. Right, that this is. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, boy, I really hope I get to use PuroClean today because it's not necessarily in almost every case, it's kind of an emergency situation. So you're, you're really, truly that person and then that business that's coming in to help people, whether it's in the home or in their business. So very cool with that. I think one of the things too, that people don't realize about this industry, it's not it's not the the natural disaster. I mean, it can be the natural disasters, right? But it's the just the everyday, oh crap, something went wrong and how often that happens. And then you hit the other piece is the technology and the science behind it. There, there is a, and you just, I know you just came out of training. There is a ton to that a little it, it, with, uh, with, with everything that you guys are doing, right? Yeah, so that's one of the big uh, differentiating factors in in Puro Clean versus the others. I mean, it's a large industry. I, I believe the figure is something like it's like a two hundred and ten billion dollar industry, some annual, yeah. right? Um, yeah. f- from an insurance perspective, because a lot of this stuff is covered by insurance, right? Um, but yeah, so one of the so there's a lot of players in it, um, and I won't I won't mention the names, but you know <laughs> we'll call them by colors, right? Green, yellow. You see a lot of those around, right? Um, and so one of our biggest differentiating factors is that is state-of-the-art equipment um, and applying science to a reduce cost um, and increase efficiency. That's really what we look to do at Puro Clean. Um, just from the perspective, like you're just saying training, um, 
you know, our, our, our training with the equipment is, is I think second to none. Um, as I kind of hinted, I, I worked in property casualty for, for some time for about 14 years where I was one of the people assessing the damages. And then I took a, a role in, in leadership and leading adjusters. Um, so I have knowledge of the industry, um, but just knowing what I knew and the experiences I had with a multitude of remediation companies, um, then actually seeing PuroClean's process uh, and seeing the equipment like, you know, thermal imaging cameras to help determine where, you know, water might be coming from without having to tear out a wall or without having to do any, anything invasive. Um, you, using particle counters for the air to help determine if there's any type of increased levels of, you know, particles, whether they're pollutants or not, right? Um, so a lot of really neat stuff that you're kind of like, huh, I didn't think that a company like that, you know, would, would do that. Um, and, but again, that's one of the things we do at PuroClean that um, I know for certain others don't. Well, and the, the, the training facility that PuroClean has is, I don't know, one, like the, the ability to kind of flood that, that, that room or that facility, right, is one of 30 or so things like that in the, in the entire world. And there are other remediation companies that actually go there for their training because PuroClean is, is, is really, like you said, is, is state of the art. Um, which did they, did, did you get to see that happen when you were down there for training? I there's one of the, normally I ask questions. I already know the answer to, I don't know this one. So did you get to see that you were part of that facility and the flood when that, that they do in the training facility? Yeah. So, so that's actually part of all of our training. Um, every new franchise owner and our technicians and our staff, uh, get to go down. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. I believe it's actually one of 26. I could be off with the figure. Maybe it is 30 now, but I believe it's one of 26 flood homes in the world. Um, and, uh, basically it's a $25 million facility and it's a home built within a warehouse. Uh, the house is built up to, uh, Florida code. So it's, we make the joke that it's probably the safest home to be in Florida during a hurricane (laughs) because it's within a warehouse. And on top of that, it's built to Florida hurricane code, right? So, um, then all of a sudden you get a perfectly good house that's perfectly fun- functioning. And then at about, I think it was like 10 AM, uh, we went in there and first we emptied out a hundred gallons of, of water into a second floor, um, in a carpeted living room, uh, in two 50, 50 or 55 gallon drums. And then there's a hose connector on the inside and put a hose and just started spraying down the walls and the furniture and hardwood floors in the kitchen um, and then there's a lower level um, in the same thing. There's a host spigot and they run the water and the water runs for about five to six hours while we're in class. And on the opposite end in the classroom, there's uh, three TV monitors that are reading um, thermal, Im- it's thermal imaging cameras that are located within the house. And so we start seeing how the water is affecting the structure. You could see the temperature shift by the colors changing on the screens. And it was really funny. There was one of, one of the other new owners and he, um, he just kept looking while we were, while we, you know, we were going through our normal lessons and that type of thing. And he's looking at the, at the colors change. And he's like, Hey, uh, are we going to stop the water at some point? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, no, we'll still let it go for another hour or two. Um, and then we let the water run. So it stops, they cut, they cut it off. Then we let it sit after it's run. So it sits overnight. And then that next morning, 
we go in and we start working on drying the, the house out without having to pull any carpet, uh, without having to remove the carpet pad, without having to cut out any drywall um, or remove any type of building component. And then after three and a half to four days that we were there, every day we would go back, we would monitor, we would check the structure, um, again, boring science stuff, but check to see what the moisture levels are, what the temperature of the different items are. And again, applying that science to help us dry the structure in the most efficient way possible uh, while minimizing costs. So um, ultimately, it's a hypothetical situation, but once it gets applied to real life, well, you know, there's dollars and cents involved. So it would end up being less cost for the insurance carrier, ultimately less money for an insurance company to pay out. Premiums remain low because the payouts are less. Um, insurance agents are happy because their lo loss ratios are lower. Property managers are happy as well because they're controlling costs on on claims. So ultimately, applying the science does have a, an end goal um, to make things more efficient. Well, and then the the, the homeowner or the, or the business, wherever that is, then like I'm going to have the, the peace of mind that everything was done properly the first time and I'm not going to have additional issues with anything down the road. So I think that's uh, the, the science behind this. And I, I, I always kind of joke with them. I like, I want to come down there one of those times and see, see, see the facility because I, that's just, uh, uh, but maybe, maybe I'm being like kind of childish, but I just think it's freaking cool what, what they're able to do with that. And again, the science and technology behind it is just, I think, blows people's mind because you think, well, there's water, we got to we gotta suck it up, but there's so much more to it. And that's just on the water side, um, which you talk about the competition. And I'm sure we talked about this. We talk about this, everybody. Like, hey, if you're worried about, like, I want to start a business, but I want a business that there's no competition, uh, it's probably not going to happen. It's understanding the market, in this case, a several hundred billion dollar industry. So there's going to be multiple players, no different than we can roll down the street and there's a McDonald's and there's a Wendy's. Um, there, there's the market for it and then the differentiators. And and some of that with PureClean is without question, the training and the technology behind it. Talk. I want to talk about one other thing with you is your background in working for a really, really, really big insurance company in basically on the other side of this, because um, that never, ever happens. You came into this process with us pretty much knowing or thinking you knew anyway that you wanted something in the remediation restoration space, which is not uncommon. But the reality is for, for us, almost everybody who starts a franchise does so in an industry that they have little to no experience. In, in fact, I went back and looked of the last, I think it's 22 people we've worked with that have started a franchise. You were the only one that it has been in something that they had, they had experience in. Um, but I, but I give you credit because you took the time to actually look at a couple other things. Talk about how that process kind of helped solidify that you were really on the right track and that this was based on your knowledge of the industry. You wanted to be on the other side of this. Well, A, I hope that's a very good omen, <laughs> right, <laughs> that I'm in the minority there. Um, but no, the process was 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 really good. Um, I, I did have a clear mind uh, kind of in the area I wanted to go in. Um, I, it was funny. I was joking with my uh, with my ex-boss when I went into 
to, to give my notice. And he's like, so when did you start thinking about this? And I was like, well, about 13 and a half years ago, I was on my third insurance claim for water. And I thought to myself, wow, you mean, you mean these people get paid to tear off drywall and put equipment in and then they bill you for it? And I was like, wow, I have, I have to get into this business. So 13 and a half years later, after getting the, the insurance experience and knowledge, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm ready to make this leap and finally do it. But the, the selection process was, was really good. Um, you did provide, uh, you provided me some options. Um, there was uh, the grounds guys we talked about. Um, we also talked about key renter. Um, you provided a, a, a competing um, water remediation company. And then just for kind of giggles, we said, hey, let's throw PuroClean in there because of the brand recognition. Um, so, you know, I, I, everyone I worked with was, was really good, really open. Um, it was also really interesting. And I think I, I, I kind of told you this as well as my wife, Jennifer. Um, we started, you're able to compare and contrast, right? So within the same industry, we were able to talk to two people and you got to see the differences between the both companies. The two companies in the same exact industry, the culture is 100% different. Their approach was 100% different. And ultimately we know which one won out, right? Because uh, here I am, the owner of yep. PuroClean. Yeah, and, and it's, it's always, it, it's not a right or wrong, right? For the very next person that may be looking at this industry, for whatever reason, PureClean may not be the right fit. It may be one of the others. And and the I, I can't thank you enough for you, just the open mind you had going through this process. And when we get to the end and you have this experience, you're like, yeah, this this is it. It really needs to be absolutely that clear. Um, and so tell you were before we came on, you you told me a little thing. You just finished training here, but last last week, right? So um, and then how long do you think it's going to take to get some work after train training? Because, oh my goodness, sometimes people think there's this, it's going to be super long ramp up. Um, give us, give us that story. Give everybody the story you told me about how fast after training you were already out there doing work. Yeah. So um, you brought out the, we hit the ground running. Okay. That that's, that's the first thing. So I'll, <laughs> I'll spoiler alert. Um, but you, you brought up earlier, you know, the, that we just think about sometimes these, this type of industry is like, yeah, you know, just natural disaster types. And, um, you know, that does have a big, big part, um, in this business. Um, yes, a lot of it is your daily kind of things that we were talking about, like your washer hoses or your toilet or a fire or something like that. Um, but natural disasters play a big part. So the reason I bring that up is prior to, uh, heading down to, to NFT about a week or NFT is new franchise training as an acronym. Um, you know, Hurricane Ida went through. Um, and as, if everybody knew, it went from Louisiana and then it kind of went through um, like the Appalachians and then it ultimately ended up in New Jersey, Connecticut and the Northeast. That brought a historic amount of rainfall. Um, our area was hit with about eight inches, nine inches of rain. Um, and it had already been a really rainy year i mean like the, a month uh, a month prior to that and then even two months prior to that there there was historic rainfall in some areas so um ultimately there is always a point where there is no more local resources for this industry and so people need to start coming from out of state to to respond so for example as far as i know uh puro clean uh, a lot of the franchise owners sent and in this sense, you call them deployed, right? They deployed themselves into Louisiana to assist 
uh, people in need down there with equipment to help them bring their lives back to normal. Um, but ultimately, the same thing happened here in the Northeast, and there was a shortage of people. Um, so I was able to secure a job for a flood loss in a condominium. Um, so I literally got in, you know, from NFT Friday night, uh, Saturday morning, I went out and I inspected the, the, the loss. Um, and I, you know, took my readings and generated a, a drying plan. And again, like I said, I had some knowledge of the industry and, and, and kind of what to do, but really the two weeks down there in Florida really, you know, cemented it. Um, so I went down there with my plan, set up my drying plan and my restoration plan, um, and then ultimately worked through it. Um, and, you know, we literally just wrapped up yesterday um, uh, with the equipment and all. So, yeah, so hit the ground running, first job. Um, and then I went out yesterday uh, and I asked, did an estimate for uh, the property manager that uh, is in charge of that condominium complex. And she sent me to go take a, a look at a small mold job um, in the area. So sent that off to her yesterday evening and uh, we'll see what what comes of it. And, and you are off and running, my friend. I love it. Alejandro, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today. I'm truly excited for you and I'm confident you're going to be a huge success as a Pure Clean owner. For all of our loyal podcast listeners, we hope the Franchising 101 series continues to provide insight into the amazing possibilities that can be achieved as a franchise owner. Be sure to subscribe and follow to us uh, on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you never miss an episode. Also, don't miss our Franchising 101 website, which is literally franchising101podcast.net or our main site, which is francoach.net. Every social media site out there, we're there as well. So be sure to check us out. Um, and lastly, if you'd like to learn more about becoming a franchise owner yourself, then let's schedule a brief introductory call. Um, click the window, the link in your podcast window or find us online at francoach.net. There's never any fee for our service. We encourage you to take that first step today to help create your better tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day, and we hope to hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to Fran Coach's Franchising 101 podcast, where our ultimate goal is to help educate you on all things franchising so you can create your better tomorrow.